my name is Hans Jones, and uh, I jumped off of the Skyway Bridge, off the crest of it, uh, approximately 200 feet to the water, and I hit the water at 75 miles an hour. Um, at the time, I was brokenhearted. I had lost my love. I allowed myself and bitterness and, and pain and, and frustration to overcome me, and I, I said awful things to my wife when we got in a fight, and felt like the end of the world. I'd lost any control over my life's work. I'd spent years and years and years, I'd even lived in the back of a van in this effort to file a patent and create a product. I just wanted to escape this pain. I felt this incredible loss. And, um, I was just losing the most important thing in the entire world to me. It put me in this kind of tunnel vision. You're going up there, and you're just going there with this mad objective, an insane objective, out of my mind. And I drove up, and I... My name is Seth Jacobson. I'm a firefighter paramedic. I've been one for almost 30 years with St. Petersburg Fire and Rescue Department, stationed at the north end of the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. We have callers, multiple callers, usually is the clue that something really is going on. And they'll see a car on the side of the road and a person off the side of the bridge. I have seen somebody go over the wall and disappear. Sometimes it's a benign situation where it's a disabled vehicle. And the person just going, golly, that's a long way down. I'm looking over the side, waiting for somebody to come to their aid. Other times it's more grave and it's where the people are contemplating those moments prior to them deciding to take their own life. The Skyway Bridge and the Golden Gate Bridge have some sort of romanticism attached to it. I know some people have come long distances to jump from this bridge. As far as Wisconsin or Michigan, I believe, is one person who actually had the intention of that's where they were going to go. Can you imagine taking that long to come to the place where you're going to kill yourself and having time to think that all through? Sometimes some of these people are on the side of the bridge. All they want to do is just have a good ear to listen. You can tell when somebody is wishy-washy. That person probably is going to hearing you successfully get him off the bridge. I'm probably engine 6 five, difficulty breathing. It's those moments of contemplation that usually bias sometimes. We approach as calmly as we can and discuss with them what we can do to help you through this. Well, you know, this is not the solution for your problems. Sometimes there's a confrontation at the top where the person doesn't want you there and, and lets you know by grabbing you or something like that. That's when you have to use means to take them down. We're assessing them for any violence they may have done to themselves already or any potential violence they can do to the others responding. If they're armed already, well, it doesn't make much sense for us to approach them. I know that the fellow I had who had the noose around his neck and the knife to his neck and he was going to jump, we caught him by surprise. He was very upset that we caught him. I, I consider it as almost a miracle that we even got him back off of that bridge alive. And those that are committed to suicide, they don't even stop the pause. They drive it to the top, they just get out of the car and off the edge they go. We never have time to get to them. Well, when your body hits the water at 120 miles an hour, term whatever terminal velocity is, the body is not designed to take that. I always compare it to almost uh, jumping that same distance and striking concrete. The long bones of the body will fracture. The skull may fracture. The hollow organs inside the body may rupture because they've got air in them. And once they hit the water, they're at the mercy of the currents. 
If we don't find a body right there, we assume they survive, and we do a search effort. Coast Guard brought us a fellow that had jumped about 3 in the morning and happened to find him, I think, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I guess there's been some jumpers that have never been found. When we pull them out of the water, they've gone through an ordeal. And if they do happen to survive the fall and in through the water, they plunge hundred, you know, several feet down under the water and they drowned on the way back up. I guess the main impression on anybody who's pulled up on a survivor, especially in the boat, is the shock of it. The shock, because we usually when we pull up, there's a body. They're almost always face down. And he looks at you and he's moving. and he's, It's almost like meeting a ghost because you know this person's going to be dead. And it's this apparition. This person's coming towards you and he's intact, you know. It is not a dramatic way to die. It is a very ugly, painful way to die from what our victims experience. I don't know what a person's thinking that would do that because they're going to put themselves in a really bad way for the rest of their lives if, if they don't kill themselves. We had an individual who I arrived on the scene simultaneously with another rescue truck. We had some law enforcement personnel on the scene. This individual was on the wall, and we were semi-circled around him, about half a dozen of us. So he spun around quickly. He briefly paused before pushing off. It enabled us to get to him. So now you have to picture this now, a man weighing about 240 pounds, roughly. We all grabbed something on his body. One of us had his hair. Another individual had his arm. In fact, I had his arm. Another officer had his belt. And we were just hanging there for a few seconds, which seemed like an eternity. I remember looking over the edge just past this guy who's cussing back up at us because he doesn't want us to do anything to him. And as I'm looking past him, you see the abyss below. And it's like, this is not good, folks. And we brought this guy up and over the top of the wall like, like a beached whale. And he flopped right on the concrete, and we secured him with handcuffs and, and brought him away. That was too close for comfort, but that wasn't a, a day's work for what happens on the Skyway. Why? Because it was only my feelings and emotions that were driving me. I had at that point in my life not taken charge of these things. Chaos and frustration and pain. Let's just say, you go real, real deep. You go deeper than you, you think that you go way down. I don't know how deep, but it sure seems like you're way the hell deep in the water when you're coming up. That initial moment, it was like gonna let it go. No, the superhuman inside comes alive. You're gonna make it, and it takes over, and it is instant, and nothing can get in its way. Between the top and the bottom, a big decision was made. A decision to stay alive. Thank you for calling the Crisis Center of Tampa Bay. We're the emergency hotline and suicide prevention line for Hillsborough County. With the bridge, it is such an icon. It's sort of notorious. People may have a misconception that it's a good final step to take, a really big, dramatic way to finish. I think it appeals to people because it is violent, and it is drastic, and it is permanent. They're driving down, and they decide, I'm going to do this, and then... The bridge happens to be the one thing they think about immediately. We have a number of uh, different phone lines on the bridge, 
And if you're going to pick up the phone, it's because there's a part of you that wants to stay alive, even if it's a very small part. Whatever that part is, that's the part of them that we really want to reach and that we really want to hold on to. Any kind of stressor can provoke somebody calling that phone line. And when you're feeling like you have no options, like you're coming out of your own skin. You don't just say, hey, back up from the ledge to them. You've got to put yourself in their shoes and gain their trust so that they know that you understand where they're coming from and are able to, to actually make that decision to work with you and take that step back from the bridge. Because suicide becomes a way that you can take control of things that feel like they're completely out of control. Dealing with something as lethal as the bridge, you, know, you have very little chance of surviving once you do take that step. I went up there completely knowing and had already made the choice, so there wasn't any stopping and talking. I just got out and dove off. At 200 feet, it changes the rules because you can't break the surface tension of that water. It breaks you when you enter it. I had to swim with a broken neck, broken ribs, a collapsed lung, half a quarter of distance in football field, you know, in rough waters. It was an impossible swim. And the waves rode me into the rocks. Bang! And slammed me into the rocks. And I could feel all, and then all of a sudden, I could feel those broken bones. I could feel this pain. Like it just, like, like just crashing through my body. And, I, and I, I, I was crying. And I tried it again, and bam! And I hit those rocks again. And you know, I was just quivering and shaking to try to get onto that rock. And I grabbed that rock, and I held on. And those guys in the boat, man, they, they were down there quick looking for me. When he pulled that boat out, he looked at me kind of shocked a little bit. Did, did, did you just jump from there? And then he was asking me if I could get in the boat, you know, are you, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm hurt really bad. And they helped me up and I got in the boat. And then when the boat took off was when the real pain starts. And the boat goes until you pass out. Shattering pain over and over and over and over and over and over. Imagine your worst toothache ever, except everywhere, and and like a cannon going off, broken bones, and your lungs full of water, and broken neck. When somebody jump off that damn bridge, they have no clue, man. You go up there with this kind of romantic notion, or if you jump off that bridge, plan on it. Plan on feeling your bones break. The truth is, it's not tall enough to kill you on impact. And you will wake up in hell. My name is Phil. I run skywaybridge.com. It's a uh, comprehensive site documenting these 
suicides off the Skyway Bridge on the west coast of Florida at the mouth of Tampa Bay. The unofficial totals that I've accumulated, not going by anybody else's count, is 190 suicides with 31 survivors for a total of 221 jumpers. I know when there's a jumper, before I hear anything on the radio or read anything officially, I know about it. There's five or six people who witnessed it or saw some commotion on there or got caught up in the traffic jam. I get all kinds of emails, so I know when there's been a jumper. Uh, just because I report jumpers that actually go off the bridge, family members don't appreciate it. They don't like it at all, and I've had death threats, and I've had people uh, actively seeking me out. But some of the stories are just incredible. There's a ghost hitchhiker on that bridge. It's a beautiful girl. She's hitchhiking at the bottom of the bridge, and of course people will pick up a hitchhiker if she's a cute girl there's been uh, several of those type of reports she gets in the car and they're talking on the way up to the bridge you know where are you going what are you doing out here at night by yourself and uh, by the time to get to the top of the bridge she's gone there's people that are like 16 years old jumping off that bridge then you got people like 80s and, and older i can understand that late in life sick don't know what else to do but the kids, I just don't get it. There's so many depressed kids. I see it all the time, that Skyway. I've been contacted by so many kids who hate life. Uh, their family's broken up. Dad's a jerk. Mom's gone. And they're basically raising themselves and they're lost. And you know, they write looking to me for help. And I don't know what to tell them. You, know? you can't just say, snap out of it. That doesn't work. Some of the stuff, I I don't put it all on the site, but some of the stuff people write me, it's like, geez, what do you tell a 16-year-old that wants to kill themselves because they got nothing to live for? I don't know what to tell them. I welcome family to get on there and, and say some things about their their loved ones. There was a, a Todd Carell, he jumped, and his wife, she updates how she's getting by since he's jumped and uh, she's sharing with other people what it's like to lose somebody off that off the bridge when i get mail from people who are positively affected by it who find closure with their family that have jumped i i decide just to, to keep the site up and i think i'm sure that i've prevented somebody maybe one person from jumping off this bridge and killing themselves. Because I know I've had people contact me and talk to me and fully intent on killing themselves and they're still hanging around. So I don't know if I'm some sort of counselor for some of these people or if the site itself is, is kind of an online counseling medium, but it's working people. You can try to kill me. I can't stop you from doing that, but I'm saving some people. I'm sorry your loved one didn't make it. And I'm sorry their name is on this site and people might have made fun of them for having jumped off the bridge, but it's helping others. When, when I woke up in the hospital, I think I was almost in a state of shock. I got a cop at the front door, you know, make sure I'm not leaving. I'm strapped down, and I got a halo on my head and everything else. And then 
the thing that just tore me to pieces more than anything else, I mean, it was that moment, you know, it was like, um, I don't care what the hell I go through, I'll never do this ever, 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 ever again, you know, was my mom. I mean, I hurt my mother that much. My mother was devastated. I like, I was, oh, mom. Uh, and my sister shows up, you know, and, and I had done this and pulled them out of their lives and, and had just put so much pain into them. And I, I, that was a big slap in the face. I just broke down. My mother looked one look at me and I just started crying. And I, I was crying because I hurt her. Had nothing to do with what I was feeling. My ribs are broke. I'm all fucked up. You know, they had medication, everything. But when I, my mother looked at me, it cut right through me like a knife. Here, you give me this life, and I throw it away. Did it change my life? The jump? I mean, that now we crack up jokes about it, you know? I mean, out at the beach with my buddies having a beer and they call me Splash. You know, it, it's all right. You know, I mean, my life is happy. <laughs> I'm a lucky guy. Do I feel as if though I've been given a second chance in life? The answer is absolutely yes. And then uh, the most beautiful thing really did happen. I mean, so I, me and the girl get back together, and then it did work out. And uh, I, I learned over the years to, to have kinder things to say. You know, life is beautiful. And then, go figure, I still smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. <laughs> amazing part about it is no matter how down and out your life feels in that moment it gets better you know hey things have seasons you know maybe it is the worst pain you felt in your life or maybe your heart's broken or you know and it gets better things get better